Last week on the Lord's Greth podcast, we covered Poldark Season 5, Episode 5. In that episode, well, Ned got arrested because he's been drunk in public saying bad stuff about the king, and it looks like uh, they're coming after him now, finally. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Cicely and George, the wheels are in motion to get them married, but not if Jeffrey Charles has anything to do about it. Meanwhile, Morwenna and Drake, they're getting closer again. And we'll see how close they get this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Now hang me up to drag. You bring me out too, too, too many times. Now hang me up to drag. I'm burning like the white, whites of your eyes. And we are back. Once again, Season 5, Episode 6 of Poldark. Corey, what's going on? Not too much, Dave. Not too much. How about you? Same old. I mean, I didn't run a half marathon like you did the other day, but that's pretty cool. Man, (laughs) it's funny. I put a picture on Instagram just because, like, you know, just to show, hey, look, I I ran in front of Grand Central Station. It's pretty cool. And everyone keeps congratulating me like it's a big deal. And, like, is not <laughs> it's I'm, I'm not trying to like undermine what other people did it, it is a big achievement for a lot of people and everything but i'm looking not past for it. you yeah i'm looking towards the london marathon that i'm doing a month from now and oh the bigger challenge is going for a run by yourself for 16 17 miles and you don't have a crowd cheering you on you, you don't have mm-hmm. like a cool like path and everything to follow that that, that congratulate me on that <laughs> and i haven't done that yet so are people like, is it crowded on the streets of Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. I mean, over 20,000 people run this race. It's, it's one of the biggest races you'll find. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, especially when you get to Times Square, it's packed with people cheering you on. Dave, your dad ran it. That, that, that's pretty awesome. That's, My dad that's ran awesome. it, too. <laughs> uh, and he did well, really for well. Him, it's, I guess, you know, to, to speak on what you're saying about it, I guess if once you're a marathon runner, half marathon's like a, like a, a fun run in oh, some yeah. ways. Did you look up? There's photos of your dad running through Times Square, man. Oh, did you look at him? Yeah, I mean, because we all got we, there's all there's photos of everyone who ran the race individually. So what do you just like search the runner and find the? Yeah, and you can find the pictures, and you know what? It, it's kind of funny because he's wearing a shirt saying "I have no son" in it. That's what oh. Shirts. oh, okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That'd be. I mean, if he if he had that shirt made for that, that'd be shirt <laughs> running through Times Square, putting that out there. Uh, anyways, yeah, I will be in London though next month. No plans to visit Highclere this time. I don't. I don't think I'll have the the time to make it out there. But if any of our listeners have any Downton adjacent London's sites to see that can be done quickly, let Corey know. I'm all ears. I I, get, I don't have any plans. I'm kind of actually disappointed that the play starring uh, Ross Poldark won't be uh, going on when I get there. The, the lemons, lemon, lemons, lemons, lemons. That's currently on uh, the West End there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden Turner, but yeah, that's a month from now. We can track him down somehow. Just look up his weird beard on social media, and people, you know, Th- that's literally the- on on the Daily Mail today. A picture of Aiden Turner Turner going to his uh, play with his scruffy beard. <laughs> people, people like what they like. Yeah, if people want to see that. Just look it up. Speaking of that, is there any other news on the fronts of our programs? Just a lot of spottings of the Crown filming its uh, next season. There's That's been right. pictures of uh, 
a, a teenage uh, William and uh, Kate. And uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a bit of a row today because they recreated the mangled car of Princess Diana. <laughs> they made a replica. Oh boy. Which, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. That's one thing I'm, we don't need to recreate thoroughly. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need to go that deep on it with the show. We know what happened. A lot of people who are watching it will at least know what happens. I don't know. I don't know. Not here for we'll it. We'll see. But, <laughs> yep. So that that's the only thing that's going on. Nothing else with uh, Down or the uh, Gilded Ages of the World. Well, then more the more reason to dive into this very riveting episode of Poldark. Season 5, Absolutely. episode 6. So... The episode opens rather innocuously with uh, the the land uh, that they're going to build the school upon. It's been on the gift- cliff. Yeah, it's been gifted by Ross. Dave, what was your thoughts on this? That's a, that's a, isn't that is that a bit of a hazard? That was the same thoughts I had exactly. <laughs> a, it's by got a like cliff. two feet between school and and fifty feet into the of rock. You have those kids go play recess for a second. One of them is going to go flying. Okay. It's going to be Valentine. Potentially. It could be Valentine. It just seems dangerous. And then, you know, they have storms out there in Cornwall. It could just knock right over that school. Couldn't they just move it yeah, they're, a little bit They're not bit more? digging a, uh, a basement of any sort. They're just laying down rocks. Yeah. Couldn't they just move it a little bit more inland? Well, what's killing Ross to not have the school close to his house? Like... I think Ross probably just told Demelza, look, this is the land, whatever you see fit, do what you want. I'm in London. I have more important things to do right now than pick the location of the school. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're probably building it where that uh, that one guy from season one who died, they're building it on top of that problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever his name was. Rest is that Jim, Ca- Jim Carter? I think it was. Yeah, young Jim Carter. Uh, we have not seen his uh, grave at the at the. Maybe he'll s- accidentally be exhumed. I know, I know, because they 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 made a whole point of like from here we'll remember him lying here. here here's his cross, and we haven't seen the cross of young Jim Carter since. <laughs> yeah, poor poor fella. Yeah. So where do we want to start with this episode? Uh, well, I know where we need to end. Well, why don't we just start with the low-hanging fruit as it is every week with the the Morwenna and the the Drake of the world? Sure, confirmed. They had a good time last week. They're getting it done, <laughs> and they they don't want to get out of bed. Morwenna said, "Morwenna has the line where she's like, you know, I spent so much time down on myself because I couldn't let go of the past, and now I'm making up for that time." Yep. <laughs> and Drake is like, oh boy. <laughs> well, thank I God, got... Drake. Imagine if, if Drake was a foot guy, it would have been game over. What if Drake's yeah, like, that, oh. that wouldn't have worked at all. That, that, that would have been a deal breaker. But yeah, she's asking for five minutes and he's like, we can make it 10. And I don't even know how to count. <laughs> and then he says, these horseshoes, they can wait. Yep. So they're in happy spirits. And yeah, she'll have a school to teach in. And that, that's pretty much what's going on with them this episode. Mm-hmm. But Drake is playing a supporting role to his brother. Seems like everybody's playing a supporting role to Sam this week. Well, you know, in some capacity, Morwenna, or not Morwenna, um, Demelza as well. The siblings are kind of on Team Sam. Mm-hmm. And Sam, for one, seems to be actually on Team Sam. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's dressed like a Quaker Oats man, and he's chatting up Rosina uh, after a, a sermon. Mm-hmm. And she's actually seems interested in what he's teaching and talking about, you know? Like, oh, I'm down for being saved and all that stuff. That sounds good. Do you get lonely? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I do get lonely. And she says, me too, b- believe it or not. Yeah. And, and then he's like, hey, let's read tomorrow, okay? <laughs> we'll get back to this. But he's grinning. He's grinning, man. He's she grinning, start- and they, na- they name drop Drake. It's like, who would have thought this would be a thing we'd come back to? She's stirring his oatmeal, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but like you said, yeah, she mentions to Drake, and he's like, yeah, yeah, well, that's fine. You know, that you maybe made out with my brother a few times. That's okay. Who hasn't? He's like, hey, small town. Yeah. My, my brother's handsome. I'll say it. <laughs> um, but it's funny. While Sam and Racina are getting closer, there's Tess laying in the weeds watching them get cozy. Mm-hmm. And she and goes, I'm going to do something about this. Quite literally. I, her character devolves week after week into... I don't know what who she is other than just a person who likes to make everything worse for the Poldarks. <laughs> she has no she's character. She's like a, a female Tom Harry with no boss. Yeah, it, it just doesn't add up. First, okay, she's she's fighting for the rights of the people, but then Demelza tries to do right by her. And then for some reason, that just inflames her to then take it out on Demelza thereafter and her family. And it just doesn't, I don't get it. There's, there's nothing. Yeah, it's sti- not like Sam is rich. Sam is a like a modest preacher. Yeah, of all the people to target, don't target Sam. He's a good man. And what's your plan, Dave? To just do run back what Rosina's doing, bit for bit. He, she can't read. He'll teach her to read. She'll she, say she wants to be redeemed. <laughs> like, come it, on, Sam. You've been through this before with uh, what's it, the uh, Tholly's daughter. Yeah, do, I mean, do you think that's Sam's kink, saving people? He just gets off on that? Oh, he's a preacher, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But there is a bit of, like, when she says, like, can you save me? Like, yeah, sure, I can work with you. And she puts her arm around him, and he looks at Drake, and he's like, I don't know about this. And Drake's like, I don't know, man. You seem to have had a good thing going to Rossina. She's prettier, bro. <laughs> and then Sam or Drake is like, dude, you, you don't need to, this is not for you, bro. You, you can, like, there's some people that you don't need to save. Mm-hmm. And, and Sam's Sam agrees and yet we still see him hanging out with Tess and they're talking and Rosina just walks by just ignoring him Sam better not lose this one I mean I don't get this Rosina is already throwing herself at you in my uh-huh. opinion <clears throat> she's much more attractive than Tess who to the show's credit they've done a big job to try and dress her down to make her look a little bit plain and they've done that to, to Sa- Rosina. Tess or Sa- uh, Rosina? Ta- to Tess. And, well, they make but, her like dirt on her face all the time. Right. And they try to do that with, with Rosina, but she's got the blue air, the, the blonde hair, blue eyes, like, and a, and a nice smile. Like, you can't hide pretty. Mm-hmm. And she is. They tried with Demelza for one episode and quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like half an episode. Um, And so... We'll see where that goes next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I feel but, like the Demelza subplot is fairly low-hanging fruit relative yeah. to the episode. Take it away, Dave. 
Zachy comes in and he's like, someone's stealing the ore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> Half like, of we're not gone. getting as much ore. Money's light. Something's going on with the ore. And then we, you know, this is the most like, I don't know, maybe they're putting all their eggs in the other baskets, but this is such a straightforward, like, you see Jacka mm-hmm. walking by Rosina's dad, and it's like, oh, he looks like he's up to no good, and Demelza sees him looking sideways, and she goes, I'm going to follow him. Leads her right to the or this this the whole subplot felt like padding for the episode in terms of time mm-hmm. <laughs> like where are we going with this I, I don't understand like there's it's just how many times has this probably happened to to the mind probably pretty often and then they just chose maybe to highlight it this time i mean well i wonder i wonder how much of a it was a recurring thing i'm sure people stole some more but like sure it, I mean, it would be like stealing, I don't know, like if you worked at McDonald's and you stole like four quarter pounders at the end of the night versus every night you're stealing four quarter pounders. Yeah. But it was it was just last week, though, where people were forging cash, too. So, like, uh-huh. it's happened pretty often. And they've they've commented on the fact that times are good and money is good for the mine. Yeah. So why why is this guy, this posse, stealing the ore? When mm-hmm. they're getting paid, it's not like they're doing it in rebellion. They're working full time. It's their side hustle. Yeah, and on top of that, too, for Demelza to go investigating this, what what is she doing? She has this flame red hair, so she's standing in the bushes, and the men look there are like, "Hey, someone's watching us." And it's like, yeah, who could miss that flaming red hair just in the bushes right there? It's, it's everywhere. the owner of the mine that we're stealing from. <laughs> Would have killed her to put her hair in a knot just to like maybe hide it a little bit or put a hat on? Wear a just hat on? <laughs> and change her outfit from that Fiona dress. She wears the same. Exactly. She's, according to Tess, she's rich. She can have more than one dress. Right. She sticks out like a sore thumb in, in the fields if she's going to try and spy on them. Um, but they don't resolve it this week. Nope. They're still they're still stealing. And and she says to Zachy, I'm pretty sure or Tess walks by, she goes, Ugh, that no good Tess. She's gotta be involved and they're like, I can't prove it, yes. Oh yeah. Let's not go pointing our fingers all the way there. Might as well have her involved. Why not? <laughs> what what difference will it make, really? I I you know one thing I was thinking about this. I thought week, I thought I saw her on the beach at that scene, but I guess that was just I uh, didn't see her. It was only men. Only men. Okay. The thing I was thinking about though this week, though, Dave, is this is the last, the last of the three episodes that we're going to watch with Poldark. There's only two more after this. Uh huh. This is what we're doing with our time. <laughs> is this really like representative? They're of trying where to shoehorn all these people to have big moments at the end. Yeah, this is what we've been building to. Is it just to give Zacky a paycheck? Like, what is going on with this? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, are we giving Zacky like the deep plot? <laughs> yeah. And Jacka. Why wouldn't this be a better spot for Harry Harry or something like Tom Harry? Or bring back uh what's his name? Tholly. Or or anyone, you know, like give us a, give us a, a a Trudy plotline. We haven't had a good Trudy plotline in or is it Prudy? Is this Prudy. the problem? Yeah. Prudy. Yeah, it's Prudy. It's Prudy. And that's the reason why I need a Prudy plotline. I can't remember her name. Well, Prudy did have the moments with Tess in the beginning, so maybe Prudy will have that. Like, she'll like in the last episode, she'll give Tess the Stone Cold Sun or something like that. And you know, not to compare it, but like if this was Downton, 
that would literally be the plot of the season was just them two competing, Prudy and uh, and Tess, and that would have been enough. Instead, they have to send mm-hmm. Tess on her own thing, and it's just like, really? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's this does seem a little half... I mean, this particular thing to take up time seems like a waste. Yeah. Like, put that time into Sam and, and Tess and Rosina. Mm-hmm. Because Demelza has enough plot. Like, Demelza doesn't need a story every episode. No. Definitely not. Well, that clears out, I think, some of the the basement material here for the episode, right? Yeah, I think we're left with kind of the two big plots. Well, why don't we talk about the Jeffrey Charles of it all, huh? Yeah, sure. He's... They're eloping. They're going to run away. Yeah, because uh, Hanson has tells Sicily this episode, you're going to get married tomorrow. And she ain't about that life. Says, and that, and that's it. That's it. Because George... George is like... It's like, oh yeah, you know, your little son-in-law or your stepson really likes her. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And they reiterate early at the top of this episode, and I thought this was pretty interesting, where he's talking with Uncle Carrie, uh, and they're, they're going through it because this is just a business transaction for him, the way he sees mm-hmm. it. Like, this keeps him in good faith with Hanson. And even Car- Carrie says, like, you know, your speech wasn't really well received last week when you were talking about the, the slave people. And then George says, I don't really care either which way. I'm just following instructions, <laughs> which is really sad. Yeah. Well, yeah, he should. I mean, he should say something like, "I'm still a little bit shell shocked by my wife's passing mm-hmm. and my insanity." Right. Instead, it's just like, "Yeah, I don't think either which way about slavery." It's like, "Oh, jeez, George." Okay. Well, at least it's not as bad as you being a flagrant racist, but that ain't good, man. That's not good at all. Well, I mean, he is a flagrant racist. I mean, they, yeah, most of the people are in this time period. Right. Right. Just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Um, but either way, though, he's going to go through with it. And then Cicely's like, nope, Jeffrey Charles, let's go. And so GC and her has set off. Until they get pulled over. Yeah. I mean, well, she's trying to say, like, why don't we do it tonight? And he's saying, no, nah, I want to make an honest woman out of you. I ain't going to do that. Come on now. I mean, and- that's, a, that's some real restraint from Jeffrey Charles. If it was Jeffrey Charles from last season, he would have been like, yep. Oh, he was a horn dog last season. He was all over everyone. Little boy Jeffrey Charles would be like, "Yep," but this Jeffrey Charles is like lost that the killing killer's edge <laughs> around women. You mean? Uh, oh, I mean in, around everything. He's soft. He's a little dumber. Yeah, yeah. A little softer. They, they slowed Jeffrey Charles down for the season just in terms of just how he lives is? his life. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to mile a minute. But. But they get pulled over on their little joyride to their future. And that's that we see from them. Well, no. Hanson caught him. Yeah, obviously. But then we pick back up with them at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And they keep using all these sort of Elizabeth-based reasons. George doesn't want a big wedding because he thinks that it would be uh, disrespectful to the memory of his wife who died only a year ago. You know, it's just it's all this sort of nonsense. For him right. to stick it to Jeffrey Charles and to get a better relationship with um, Hanson. Because there's even a, a reference where Valentine says, like, oh, she'll be my stepmother or she'll be my mother. And, and George is careful to say, no, no, you have one mother. It's Elizabeth. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, they're on the wedding day. Jeffrey Charles is there, and well, they George bring him in like prisoners. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and and George sticks it to him by saying, "This will be your stepmother instead of your wife, bro." <laughs> Owning you. Um, but Jeffrey Charles sticks it to George there. Mm-hmm. And he lets him know, you know, Elizabeth. The only reason why she married you was because her husband died and she was trying to scratch some, some some coins together and you just happened to provide him bro so and she says he, he you know my mom didn't only love one man and it wasn't you and it wasn't even my dad boy and yet i was still birthed and i'm here today <laughs> so we thought he was dead in the in the battlefield yeah but then george uh, goes uh-uh that's not yeah. gonna stop me from doing this terrible thing to you because two yeah, he, wrongs do make a right in my he, world. He does mostly shake it off up until Sicily says, uh-uh, I, I got to object here. I slept with your son-in-law last night. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. She drops the mic. She goes, we were. And, and so that way, and oh, and what, a, what, a, what a wise beyond her own, you know, information or that she has in her head thing for her to do yeah and she's gonna spend that whole life not knowing whether or not the baby's mine or yours or your son-in-law's you gotta think jeffrey charles told her to play that line like she doesn't just know to say that does she i wonder we'll find out because that really pushes the button on george and he walks immediately out of there Mm Hmm. and yeah, she, so Hanson takes her home, and he's like, you're going to stay in here for the next 30 days in this room. Yeah. We'll see if that lasts. And that's her punishment. Jeffrey Charles, I don't know where he goes, but he ain't married well, they, yet. They, they, they reference, they call Jeffrey Charles disgrace at one point, and everyone's mm. like, you know that's BS, man. Like, we all know you did that. The strings were pulled because of this thing going on. He wouldn't do that. He's a yeah. dope. Look at him. Doesn't right. have that ability. Yeah. So, we'll see if they get together or not. I'm not particularly invested just because of this Jeffrey Charles character. It's just the actors. Just I mean, we, it's it's a beating a dead, dead horse at this moment to say that. Yeah. So I think that really leaves us with the with the beef, the main event, right? Yeah. Our boy uh, Ned, Ned still in jail. Well, the boy's doing push-ups. You know, he's trying to stay he healthy he's, and lean. He's got good form for an old man. Absolutely. Well, this guy can go. I look, the actor, the actor who plays Despard is like 57. He looks older. So he, he looks way older. He's, he's, those are like, that's city mileage on that car. You know, like he's, yeah. he's stopping and turning all the time. Like he's got a lot of wear on that skin. Yeah. But uh, you know Ross is arguing for him. He's saying you know keep keep the faith. And uh, there's just no prospect of his release though. <laughs> yeah, and and they still don't even know what he's being charged of. And we see Ross brings it up in Parliament. Like this guy's a hero. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Why what why are we? Like what kind of men are we? And they're all like we're t- we're racist slave owners. Yeah, that's the kind of men we are, Ross. And, and Wickham is advising Ross to detach and. Uh, Ross can't help himself. He can't. This is his friend. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that's right. And we find out that uh, the guy who's picking the jurors is none other than Merceron. Yep. The guy that everyone who's, thinks is their friend. Who is a double agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have 100 jurors, and he's going to definitely put in a loaded box there to make sure that he's convicted. And when yeah. Ross goes to see Ned, he's still doing push-ups. This guy, healthy mind, healthy uh, healthy body, healthy healthy mind, as he says. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how true it is Sorry, for him. Sorry, I sneezed. Oh. Right. But he is, he's still kicking. Yep. Uh, and he, you know, you can see him have some private time with Kitty, saying like, "Ah, well, you know, I'll be, I'll be okay. Don't worry about it." Yeah, yeah. And she brings him his military uniform, pressed to go on the stand with. Yep. And yeah, they start going through the people who are going to testify, and ross is like i don't even recognize half these people i served in the military with them who, who are these guys and he said he says i went to this bar this sort of like radical bar that people are saying that he was making these allegiances and and being a traitor and ross says none of these people are i don't know any of these people this is all they're all liars mm-hmm. and then the lawyer the attorney's like well i mean do you think any of the jurors go to that bar like they don't know and he says so they're committing perjury he's like yeah that's the name of the game around these parts. And, and Ross kind of says, like, can we say anything about it? And the guy says, no. <laughs> so It's like, okay, fine. So Ross takes the stand, and I think he does a noble job of talking about the character mm-hmm. of of uh, our boy, Ned. But I don't yeah. think he gets to the point of what's why he's innocent. He just says, like, why would a man who's like this loyal to the crown do this why would he do this he never says i've been with him this whole time he's been in london right. and i have never seen him do that he doesn't do anything to undermine the evidence really that they are presenting that you know he had papers that were talking about insurrection and all that stuff like <laughs> uh-huh. th- and that- he doesn't say i've been at the you know the revolutionary pub every night with him and these people don't go there yeah or that they've tried to plant papers on him himself last week, as we saw. Yeah. So. Well, he can't say that because there's a signed form from the cops saying that they didn't find anything on his, in his house. Right. Can't reveal it's, that secret. That's a shame too, because Ned is in his full regalia. Uh huh. And doesn't doesn't really matter. But then Ross thinks he has the ringer to get Ned safely out of this whole thing. Yeah, we're calling Dwight back. He did it for George, or uh, he did it for the the assassin of the king. Maybe he could do it for Ned. Now, did you think that Ross was calling up uh, Dwight to make the insanity plea, or do you think he was calling up Dwight to sit, bring him as a character witness? I think as a character witness, and, and so like uh, when he gets up there and starts talking about like, oh, this man's insane. And you know what we need to do? We need to commit. We need. Well, he starts talking about he's insane. And Ross is like, oh, no, what have I done? What have I done? And then, yeah, Dwight eventually pivots to saying, okay, let's send him to the psych ward. And it all just comes off as like a kind of weird PSA for his services of like, I'm very good at assessing people's mental health. I can help this guy out. I'm Pay starting me. a clinic. Yeah. It's just Pay the, me. 
we we get it, Dwight. This is your your whole case, but come on, this is time and a place, man, to advertise your services here. Which is so strange for Dwight to t- make that argument when the last time this happened with that other guy, the the king killer or attempted king killer, mm-hmm. um, and they put him in the psych board. Dwight is like, that's worse than death. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, at least this time he says, like, I'll watch after him personally, which is like, if anyone knows, I'm like, well, we've already seen Ned hanging around your friend Ross, and that's like two degrees removed from you, so no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, and they make the call. They say, we're going to take, the longer they take, the more time they're discussing and the more room there is for Mm -hmm. this to be something else. But unfortunately for them, it's 10 minutes. They get up there. He did it. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Which seems like I'm still not all the way sure what he's being accused of, even after they say it out loud in the episode. Assassinating the king, because remember they they tell the whole plot of him turning a cannon on the carriage to blast him away, which is like, that's exactly the reaction that Ross has. He's like, whatever, because it is pretty ridiculous. You know the accuracy of cannonball shooting? It's terrible. Why would you shoot a cannon at a carriage and expect it to hit it? Like, it ain't going to happen. This is silly. Well, either way, he's going to get hung. His bowels are going to be taken out before, because he's not going to die by the noose. That no, no. They're going well, yeah, to cut they'll do out the noose. his they'll, insides, yeah. disembowel him while he's still alive. No, 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 not while he's alive. They're going to hang him and then disembowel him. No, but they say, like, you're going to watch your bow, you're going to watch yourself get disemboweled. Right, because they want to make the point that then you're going to get beheaded after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be dead. And then you're going to get quartered. Oh, yeah. they're going to kill him, but they're not going to kill him before he can watch his own insides get cut out. No, no, no. They're going to kill him by hanging. And then... Okay. I'm pretty sure they say, you won't... That won't be it. You won't die by well, the... You will die in this process. Obviously. Yeah, I guess... He's I guess beheaded be extra, and he's quartered. To be extra sure, but, I mean, you're going to die from the the hanging. Like, that's going to They're going to humili- humiliate and desecrate this boy, poor man's body. Yes. So, anyways. And they say this is an, uh, you know, talk about slaves. This is like a primitive torture. You know, this is the, this is the kind of death reserved for serial killers and, and, you know, mass murderers and rapists and stuff like that. This guy been, who didn't do anything. Yeah. Hasn't been done in 50 years, they say. Yep. So, Ross can't let it lie. He's talking with the, the family and friends. He's like, we got to break him out of there. And Dwight's like, come on, man. Enough and, is enough. And then Caroline speaks up. He's like, nah, Dwight will help you. And Dwight's like, come on, man. I don't want any part of this. Yeah. But then he says, like, fine, fine. Yeah. I'll help. We'll get him to Jamaica. All will be well in the, ro- in the world. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And they have a... <laughs> It's very easy to do what they're doing. There's not much planning involved. Because yeah. Kitty, who has been playing these prison guards like she's some sort of voodoo lady, has gotten a hold of a map of the prison mm-hmm. and how to get out. And it seems like this is a it's a heist without any of the planning. They're just like, all right, we're going to do it. See ya. Yep. They get in. It. Ned's like, guys, thanks. And then they just go about, you know, wait until the people go. Wait until the guard walks by. 
They go to the next place, wait for the wire to walk by, and they get down to the septic. And Ned has a fantastic scene mm-hmm. where he basically says, like, you're my number one associate. If I disappear, you're the first one they, they're going to ask. And Ross is like, yeah, so? And Ned's like, enough, man. You keep flying too close to the sun. This is the time, man. They, they're they're going to cut my arms and legs off. And it's the first time since we've met Ned that we've heard him speak, like, logically for a second about, like, his impact on others. <laughs> like, uh-huh. oh, wait, this could be really bad for Ross. St- stand back, bro. He's What is it, the word that... He's like, detach, bro. Yeah, detach. Also, I, I thought it was crazy, though, that, you know, Dwight went in there... He didn't have any like disguise or anything. It was just himself, and he was calling himself Doctor Ransom. And a fake Ransom. name. No, it was a fake name. Yeah, Doctor Ransom. Yeah, just just a fake name. Yeah, that's all he needed. And but, Ross was playing his little whipping boy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they almost went away, got through with it. But Ned Ned thought better. But the the kick in the pants though is the next day is Kitty comes through and she tells Ned, "By the way, I'm pregnant." Uh huh. And you wonder, does Ned for a second think, "Oh man, I should have escaped last night. I got a kid on the way. <laughs> I, I didn't do this one right." Yeah, yeah. And then they bring him out, and he's like, "May the, the priest is like, can I give you a blessing?" He's like, "Father, I'd rather not. I'm set. I'm all good, man. I'm good, man." And he goes, "Can I talk to the people?" And there's a huge crowd for this too. Oh yeah. They really want to see a guy get disemboweled and beheaded and quartered and hung. They're yeah. all about this sort of brutality. And the hangman or yeah, under the whatever that the, his role is, that guy who's pulling the the kick in the box, mm-hmm. his mask doesn't even fit. I mean, does it ever really in these shows? I mean, usually it's the hanging. This thing's like sticking off his. You can see his face. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, have, you want to talk? Talk." Mm-hmm. And Ned makes a speech about how he loves his country, never did anything wrong, and the crowd starts saying, "Let him set him free." He's, you know, he's innocent. Yeah. And then in the ultimate Poldark fashion, a guy comes racing up with an envelope at the very last second, as the noose is around his neck, mm-hmm. and saying, "Uh, uh-uh. the governor says none of the extra, none of the beheading, none of the quartering, none of the disemboweling." Just hang him. Let him die on the rope. Just hang he him said, high. All right, done. Boom. And then he goes. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they didn't wait for anything at all. Just done. And that's and, it. Yeah, everyone watches it. Now, I'm going to take a page out of your book from The Crown. Do you know what really happened to him? Of course. I looked it up. Did you? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. So they took, they the, they did cut his head off. Yeah, so they they did they there was a last minute note that he wasn't going to get disemboweled, but they did cut his head off after hanging him, and then the executioner held his head by the hair to the view of the populace and exclaimed, "This is the head of a traitor, Edward Marcus Despard." That's hardcore. That's it. And it was a crowd of twenty thousand people. Twenty thousand people. They said it was a record. Uh, so. There you go, man. And and also the speech that he gave in the show. It really wasn't that long of a speech he gave before he died, but for some reason they just didn't copy it. They just had wrote freestyled their own goodbye speech for, for Ned there in the episode. It gave good two and a half paragraphs in real life. They, they, but, yeah, they did hit the spark notes. 
Yeah, I mean, they could have literally just done the same thing, but yeah. And, um, you know, there was a son, and uh, was it Kitty? She lived until 1815, and then their son James returned to Britain after the Napoleonic Wars. And then the final trace of him was uh, uh, Ned Despard's older brother, John Despard. He was leaving a London theater when he heard a carriage driver calling the family name. He made his way towards the carriage he assumed was his, and there appeared a flashy creole and a flashy young lady on his arm, and they both stepped into it. And that's the last we ever hear of the lineage of the Despards there. It was just a, one, the son out in the town with a girl. I'm glad he was happy. I mean, he never got to meet his dad. I wonder if he had his dad's temper. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> For adventure. So... Rest in peace, Ned. Yeah. I wonder if he actually was terrible. If he actually did the things he was accused of. Well, apparently they tied it to some Irish uh, stuff going on around, around the time. The same thing as this show. And there was only one thing they could kind of prove that he was maybe tied to. But it was more electing him as a figurehead for the group and not actively involved in any of the planning or anything. Okay. So... Yeah, but the, even in the Wikipedia page, it's pretty sympathetic. That was like tangential, tangential. Anytime any kind of actual evidence they had against him, tangential. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't I say that word? But yeah, so yeah, rest in peace, Ned. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, so we see Ross goes back to Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not, first he, he's he's in the he's collecting the things of Ned from the the prison, and he's saying, well. You know, hell awaits them, but it's probably better than this place. And the, the Merceron says, "Well, the governor has his reputation to consider." And Ross says, "The governor should be strung up." <laughs> and then that's where mask off, Mister Merceron says, "Well, I'm the governor of this prison. You didn't know that, dummy." <laughs> he says, "Oh, oh, you didn't know." Dun 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 dun. <laughs> he says, "You better call somebody. And it's not me." He says, no, "It was me." Mis- all along, Poldark. You think this is something that Ross would have picked up on a research for a second to think, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, but Dave, as you were saying, he, he returns home, Ross. Yep. Trailed by the two stalker guys who have been following him the whole time. Mm-hmm. The other Quaker Oats guys dressed in black. Yep. And... and he sees Demelza. He says, "You know, I, I don't ever. I, I would don't want to set foot in London again. I'm sick of that place. I'm sick of those people. Yeah, what's done is done. I'm. I hate this." And she's asking him, "Did you weep when he he died?" And he's like, "That would have been a waste of tears." And she goes, "You know, you're allowed to feel. Look at someone like Drake. He feels." And so yeah, Ross starts crying, but not for too long. No. He gets knocked out and wakes up in a pit. Yeah, he thinks it's Demelza coming back. My love, and then walk. And they don't leave you waiting to figure out who it is. They could have done this as a thing to tune in for the next week, but compliments to Mr. Merceron, they say. And that's the bottom line. He's at the bottom of a pit. Why didn't they just kill him? Maybe they think he's dead. Maybe. That'd be a good way to... The last two episodes of the show don't even feature Ross. He's just dead. <laughs> He's at the bottom of a pit. Uh, and you know what happens is some of the kids start running away from the school, and then they fall off a cliff, and then they fall into a pit with Ross. <laughs> oh, that would be good. A little Valentine's <laughs> like, oh, Uncle Ross. 
<laughs> oh, we, we skipped over that too, where um, was he's talking to George Valentine about the verdict, and he's like, Mr. Ross, uh, Uncle Ross's friend will be free. And, he, and George tells him, he's not your uncle. Boy, he's your daddy. No. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Uh, was this a good episode, Dave? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't... I didn't know Ned was going to die that way. Me neither. And I thought it was a real noble moment for Ned to say, like, don't break me out. I got to, we got to be adults. And then for him to die, I was like, oh my goodness. The next two, uh, uh, the next two episodes have lower IMDb scores than this one. This one has 7.9. The next one has 7.5 and then 7.3. So I'm curious to see what is leading on a downward trend there. But there's no more Ned. Ned was a fan favorite. Or maybe there's just no more Ross. <laughs> hey, you never know. There's enough characters. That's why they're yeah. putting so much juice into Zaki and Tess. They're going to take over. Well, we got power rankings. We do. I'll start it off. Yeah, go for it. Who do you got going down? I got George, number three, going down. This guy is jilted at the, the altar by his son-in-law. Is he, and, though? Doesn't he leave? Well, he leaves because, I mean, this woman... Well, this this woman slept with his son-in-law, so it doesn't happen. And then he's pretty miserable. We find out he's pretty much just being easily manipulated all, all the way around. It just... Okay. It's not a great time for, for George. He's a, he's a weak man. All right. That's very fair. Uh, yeah. Well, I got Ross at number three. Okay. He goes into full Ross mode tw- like two or three times over in this episode between in the courthouse trying to change people's mind, in Parliament trying to change people's mind, trying to break our, our boy out of jail mm-hmm. and thinking that, you know, by the grace of God, goodness will will win and it doesn't. And then he goes home and he gets laid out and dumped in a pit. I mean, for those same reasons, I have Ross at number two. It's just a bad week for him. This whole season has been him trying to save his friend, and then he's just completely didn't get it done. And then he probably made himself look worse by sticking up for this guy that everyone else found guilty. So, not great. Yeah. Well, I got Hanson at number two because he keeps thinking that he can do whatever he wants with his with his business relationships, with his daughter's hand, and... He said, you know, he obviously catches wind of Jeffrey Charles and, and Cecily running away. He stops it. He goes, I, I've, I've won. I'm going to get the war leggings under my under my umbrella of influence, and then all will be well. And he gets played by this little kid, this little brat. And then he, he has, you know, he's basically powerless. He's lost this deal. And go, he says I think to you're, Cecily, undermi- you're undermining too much that he vanquished his nemesis this episode, though. His entire season has been to get rid of Ned. And you're well, completely... He doesn't, end, he doesn't end the episode happy. He says, I'm going, we're going back. We're just getting out of here. We're going back to Honduras, Cecily. So get ready. Yeah, he can we go lost. back to Honduras and not worry about Ned at all or anything. He's, he's dead. Well, I think he's... Well, he's a money man. Like, I think the difference between some of these characters is they're motivated by emotional wins. Mm-hmm. He's motivated by money. And this is a huge hit for him to lose George and to ha- be vanquished and, hit, and be humbled by a boy. Firm, firm disagree. Uh, but okay. That's fine. Well, number one going down. It's pretty pretty obvious. It, it, R.I.P. <laughs> he was a real one. I mean, I guess you, you could argue that he shouldn't be the absolute worst because he, he makes his peace. 
Yeah, but then he also finds out he has a child on the way. And he's not going to be there for it. Not that he That's really true. dwells That's on true. it. That's <laughs> true. Um, and the fact that he got beheaded in real life, even though like uh, they, didn't, they saved him that on the show. Pretty rough. What if they didn't? <laughs> they make it yeah. like a full-on TVMA episode, and they show his executioner <laughs> holding his head up. Well, respect to to Poldark because they did the one thing we keep saying the Crown should do, which was just pivot from history. Why do you have to be uh-huh. so sla- slavish to history when you can just literally have a happier ending? You know, make it more fun, have, mildly have be, happier, one degree happier. Uh, yeah, but have him be swashbuckling along the way. Why consign him to this fate? This is exactly what the Crown should do. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, Dave, who's going up? Number three, I got Merceron. I got number. I got him at number three too. You no, know, it was Merceron all along. Yeah. You know, people want to. We don't mean it in the Wanda reference. We mean it in the Stone Cold. It was mm-hmm. him all along. He revealed his hand, and I thought for a second when they said he's choosing the jurors, we were going to get a double turn, oh. and he was going to be like, no, 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 no. Hanson, George, you screwed me. You haven't given me what I want. I'm not giving you what you want. I'm operating as my no. He screwed him, and he, he almost comes. Out, he, he almost comes across as more villainous than than Hanson because the way he just lied the entire way, acting like he was their friend, and then he screwed them, and it's just it doesn't sit right. This Mercer runs a bad dude. The fact that he whacked Ross after everyone seems to threaten Ross, he actually did it. That's that he's a bad dude. Yeah, leaving him in the dirt. Mm-hmm. So he's at number three for you. Yep. Who's that? Who do you have at number two? Well, who do you have at number two? Well, I got Cecily and Jeffrey Charles. Okay. They don't win. They don't like win the episode in quotes, but they they have the emotional win for sure. They get they yeah. they try their best to to elope. When that fails, they sabotage George and Ralph Hansen pretty effectively. We have yet to see where their paths will wind up. Yeah. But considering Ross wound up in a pit, and Jeffrey Charles wasn't like shot in a back alley. Big win. Well, yeah, uh, I have them at number two too. It's for okay. the same reasons. I mean, they're just a happy couple getting around, and maybe they'll wind up together after this whole, you know, her being locked in a room for thirty days passes. By next episode, that probably will happen. She's sneaking out of that window, <laughs> or that maid that helped her is going to help her out of that house. Yeah, who? What was the deal with that? I, I think we've seen her in previous episodes, but I just never thought much of her. All of a sudden, she's sympathetic. Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know where it fell, but. Sure. Well, Dave, who's number one for you? Well, I got another tie. It's Drake and Morwenna. They just dodged okay. the bullet of all the drama this week and just bang it out. How can you have a better week than that? All this terrible stuff is going on around you. You don't care? Yeah. Well, I don't have Morwenna at the top, but I do have a tie at the top. It's the Karn boys. These guys are all horned oh. up. They got all the girls crawling for them. <laughs> it's just win-win for the the Karn boys, man. It's high times. I guess so. <laughs> like, Sam is none the wiser that he's being played. No. He's got two girls on his arm around time. Because the thing is, as much as Tess may think she's upsetting things be- between him and Rossina, you know what that, that's doing? It's attracting other women's eyes to be like, hey, there's something going on with this Sam guy. He's got yeah, a woman all, on his arm every day. All Sam has to do... It's prove it have one person fall for him, yeah. and then other women will say he's a viable option. Exactly. This is this is he's just going on up, and and yeah, as all I right. said, Drake's having a good Teaching time. Teaching girls too. to read. 
<laughs> yeah. So saying he's lonely. <laughs> the Carm Boys are back. It's been a long time, man. It's been a dry spell That's for a true. long time. It's been for Drake. Well, Sam yeah. still, but Sam Sam could be on the up and up. So hats off to them. And uh, yeah, we got two more. Two more. We're almost at the end oh, of this. Goodness. It's funny because we've taken our time with Poldark. It's crazy to think there's only 43 episodes of this show, but it feels like so many more. Yeah, we're gonna have to give Poldark royal treatment. I know we haven't t- discussed fully what our timetable is, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got thorough power rankings. We haven't done a mixed mass challenge in a long time. I think we need to give Poldark all the flowers it deserves because even though this last season has been a little uneven, it has Great been show. a very good show to us. So, yeah. if you're listening and you're worried that we got two or three more, we're gonna we're gonna scrape this barrel till there's nothing left in it. Yeah, for very much enjoyed it. Well, Dave, have you been watching anything else? I watched the first couple Mandalorians of this new season. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it. You know, I do feel like maybe it's because the book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan were so boring that yeah. the bar is so low. Because and, and the bar for Andor, I didn't finish it, but it's it's almost on another level of how good Andor is relative to the rest of the Star Wars shows. Mm-hmm. But book of Bo- or, uh, book, not Bo- book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian is just like candy. Looks good. It's fun. Simple. Did you watch the last week's episode? I'm two behind. So, I, well, no, I'm one behind. It's only Tuesday. This last this last uh, week was not it. <laughs> it okay, it, it, it did not hit for me. But yeah, that's hey, well, that's fine. What about you? You watched anything? I watched all that new show on Amazon Swarm about the uh, like a, a Beyonce fan adjacent type of character. She's like obsessed uh-huh. with this this uh, singer, and it really just dives into like. I don't even want to say it dives into. It's very surface level in a lot of ways of how like vicious some of these fans can be uh, of these fans. And this show takes it to a next level extreme where she becomes a, pretty much a serial, serial killer. No, she is a serial killer. Uh, so every episode is kind of, okay, okay, and then just ends. But it, it's visually, it's, it's stimulating. There's some good performances. Billie Eilish has a really good episode where she acts in it. Uh, okay. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it's different. And I'll watch anything that Donald Glover uh, puts to TV because I loved Atlanta. So, yeah, I don't work out as quick. Seven half-hour episodes. So, okay, noted. Yeah, it happened. Swarm. Well, my coworkers were talking about that. I wasn't sure exactly what they. My coworkers watch so much TV. I'm like, what? Well, I don't. It's a different thing every week. It came out on Friday, and I think Dave, you'll be fine if you never watch it. But I, you know, yeah. I. It's good. It's good to hear other humans aside from this, like tight group of five people that talk about the same type of shows all the time talk about those shows yeah so anyways otherwise i'm just catching up on the john wick movies now before the next one comes yeah i gotta watch two and three before four same same and they each just get longer and longer (laughs) yep great Uh, well hopefully because it looks good yep but otherwise you know where to find us we'll be on we have our patreon uh, you can always reach us at our lordsgrantham at gmail.com, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find all our old episodes on our website, on our Podbean website, and you can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you listen to us on. And please leave us a five-star ratings and review if you so choose. All right. Thank you.